This is Bisbee Live. I am Mike Butler. This week I sat down with uh, Dee and Jeff Foote, who are the owners of the Uptown 3, uh, the locally uh, independently owned movie theater in uh, Sierra Vista, who will be screening the Bisbee 17 documentary on September 14th. The Bisbee 17 documentary uh, is getting its theatrical release in September and will be in Sierra Vista at the Uptown 3 Movie Theater on September 14th. I hope you enjoy my talk with uh, Dee and Jeff. I, uh, well, I am a film buff and I love the history of movie theaters and uh, the history of cinema in general. So we kind of just poke around at all of that and talk about their theater and uh, what types of movies they play and what types of events they do. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. Uh, This will be on KBRP as well, and I'm going to just do one KBRP and podcast version together, so you will hear a bleep uh, on the podcast version. Normally, I don't censor my podcasts, but... Uh, it was just one little little bleep, and I don't feel like doing two separate uh, files. So you won't get to hear me say this week. I'm Mike Butler. Go to bisbeelive.com to see what I'm up to. And uh, the Uptown 3 Theater, that's T-R-E, T-H-E-A-T-R-E.com to see what is playing at the Uptown 3. You're listening to Bisbee Live. I'm sitting down with Jeff and Dee Foote, uh, who own the Uptown 3, the only locally owned independent movie theater in Sierra Vista. Um, and when you guys pulled up, you're, we were talking about the area. You both grew up here or have at least been here a really long time, right? I was born here. I've yeah. been here almost 50 years. 50 years. Okay. Yeah. I want to talk about film back then. I'm a, I'm a film guy. Um, film is my major. Uh, uh, in my university, and I don't really do much with it, but it was a lot of just film analysis and film uh, history and everything. Um, so I'm always just interested in theaters. I've always, you know, I've, I've always been a dream of mine to be a projectionist, but, you know, those days, you know, kind of disappearing as 35 millimeters disappearing. Um, but do you remember the days, so 50 years ago in Sierra Vista, um, I, I know that there was a drive-in in Bisbee way back when. Was there one in Sierra Vista as well? Yeah. Well, it, before was... R&M, we had Fort Huachuca. Oh. Fort Huachuca had a theater, and that was the first theater I ever went to. And the Geronimo was the... Um, oh, we had the drive-in, yeah. The Geronimo. Geronimo drive-in. drive-in, yeah. And where is that? Where was that exactly in there? Well, it was on the corner of Carmichael and Theater. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And tell them why you know that so well. Because I lived <laughs> across the street from it. Were you able to watch the movies? Uh, oh, like, yeah. And tune into the... Or, or was that oh. when they had the little talk boxes? Yeah, talk yeah, boxes. Yeah. yeah. It was regular drive-in. Okay. They'd go in by the car loads. Yeah. So you you'd know, be able to... Five dollars a car load, you know? Yeah. Sneak people out in, in the trunk and all oh, that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good old days. Um, I, I love drive-in movie theaters. To the best of my knowledge, I think there may be one left in Arizona, and it's up in the Phoenix area. Um, and they all do the thing where you tune in now to the to the specific frequency on the radio, um, which is great because if you have an awesome sound system in your car, you know, it's some, such an amazing experience. But I just wanted to bring that up because 
I know there was one in here, Bisbee, and in, in Bisbee as well. And uh, I feel like there's been kind of slowly building kind of a new uh, interest in in uh, those, you know, drive-in theaters. I, th- I think people are interested in them, but I did hear that a drive-in lost a paternity suit and had to put the child through college, you know, all the way, supported all the way and through college. And that that's why the drive-ins aren't very popular because anything that happens now at the drive-in, they can get sued for. Oh, so what do you There was something that happened at somebody's drive-in. Somebody got pregnant at the drive-in and they filed a paternity suit against the drive-in and the drive-in lost. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait, yeah. Wait, wait. They, they were like, <laughs> they're doing it in the back seat during a, uh, during a movie? Uh, and you're saying, and, and somehow the... And they won that the drive-in had to support the child and pay for their college. That's okay. <laughs> I've never heard that. Mm-hmm. But I, I would imagine that um, even just the transition to um, digital was probably hard for some of these um, smaller, you know, like these um, drive-ins that were probably right in the edge of, you know, barely making enough money anyway. And that was another thing I wanted to talk to you guys about being independent, um, you know, uh, movie theater owners. Was that hard to do? Was it expensive? Was it a huge risk, but something that needed to be done? It was crazy hard. Um, yeah. What happened was, is um, I got lucky. Um, it was during the fires, mm. and um, I called. I was having a problem with one of the projectors, and the I the monument ca- fire. The monument fire, mm. and I was having a problem with one of the projectors, and I called um, Strong. Uh, I called GDC, and I talked to a woman. And she said, well, I'll tell you what, because they gave me this huge bill and I couldn't afford it. And I, she said, I'll tell you what, if you go with us for the VPFs, I will um, not charge you for this bill. And I said, well, what's a VPF? And she goes, you don't know what a VPF is? And I'm like, no, it's a mm-hmm. virtual print fee. Okay. So what the movie companies offered was, I'm talking about Buena Vista, Sony, Warner Brothers, Lionsgate, Universal, 20th Century Fox, all of them offered... Um, a virtual print fee because to send you the film it would cost two thousand dollars to make the film and to ship it to you okay so the now 35 the 35 millimeter mm-hmm. yeah. so now they just send you this little box that has all the digital stuff on it and you plug it in it's like a cartridge right mm-hmm. and you have these mm-hmm. giant digital projectors now and it pops right in mm-hmm so all yeah. the money they saved in freight. So they would offer not just freight, but making the film. Yeah. They would. They offered a virtual print fee for each print of. I'm, don't, I'm not sure of the exact amount, but I want to say right around eight hundred dollars per print because they were saving twelve hundred. Okay. Okay. So you would get this print fee back, but you had to turn vi- digital. So. You had to turn digital. You had to find the money to turn digital. To buy the projectors. Uh-huh. Right. And at yeah. that time, money wasn't anywhere to be found. The economy was in the dumps. Yeah. And so I got lucky again and our, told our landlord about it. And I told him, you can have all of the v, the VPFs to pay it back if you put in the two projectors because I had already bought one. So mm. I only needed two more because I had to buy one earlier to run 3D. Okay. So we only needed two, and he was going to get the print fees on all three, which means he was going to make a profit of over, you know, $50,000. And he was like, well, that's a pretty good deal. So he paid for them, and we were paying him back with virtual print fees. Okay. But a lot of people didn't know about it, including myself. So had I not gotten lucky and called and been crying and complaining about this bill I got, I would have never known, and and I wouldn't have – I had – 
it was the end of sign up was somewhere in like August. Okay. And I found out about it in July, so got lucky. And what year was that? The Monument Fire was 2011, right? 2011 was the Monument Fire. 2011? Yeah. Okay. And now to get just, let's say, one single film, now that you've made that initial investment, is it's cheaper now than when you were getting the 35 millimeter? No, it's not. No, we still pay you the shipping in and out, and it's cheaper for them, but hmm. we still pay a percentage, the same thing, back to them. Okay. They're the ones saving the money. Okay. The individual movie companies. Well, let, let's go over uh, just some of the logistics of the theater. Um, what's the address and uh, the website? It's 4341 South Highway 92, right. Sierra Vista, Arizona, yeah. 85650, www.uptown3theater with an re.com. Okay. And I keep that up myself, and it's always correct because a lot of these other places that pilfer your information don't post it correctly. Okay. And uh, I live right off 92, and I mean it's it's such a, it's so easy to get to your theater because you don't I don't have to go all the way through Sierra Vista. Mm -mm. So all the Bisbee people, if you take 92, you can just kind of mm -hmm. uh, go right there. Yeah, it's like a little bit past Hereford. It's a Sierra Vista address, right? But it's kind of it's pretty close mm -hmm. to Hereford, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when did the movie theater open? When did you guys? Decide? November 19th, 20, 1993. 1993. Okay. And so what was the inspiration behind it? Um, you, you, you opened it as a, a couple? I mean, you guys had known each other? No? No. I had a business partner. Her name was Liz Vogelgesang. And her and I both worked at the R&M Cinema. And there was a lot of um, product that wasn't coming to Sierra Vista. And we thought, you know, this town needs another theater. Hmm. So we talked to lots and lots of people to get financing. And... We got lucky and found Don Updike, and he was willing to build for us, but then he had a heart attack. She had probably six or seven years in the movie business before she went began the Uptown 3. Okay, so let's take a pause there. Yeah, um, and she ran the Douglas Theater for five years. Okay. Plus, she was at the R&M for... Couple years. And the R&M is not there. I don't recognize that name. No, it's not there so, anymore. It's, yeah. It stood for Ralph and Mickey Croft. They so that was a mom pop kind of yep. theater too? They okay. had it down Two on screens. Wilcox in Sierra Vista. Okay. And, and then, she, then she went to Douglas to the Echo. Alco. Alco. And ran that five years. Okay. Before we came to Sierra Vista. There's a theater in Douglas so, right now that they're kind of re uh, the same one. renovating. It's the um, same theme. Okay. And mm -hmm. they're not doing events there yet, though? I heard they're something not, like they may have run out of, run out of funding. To... I don't know that they're really renovating it yet. They're, I know the guy, we were talking to him the other day, and he's he's kind of undecided what to do with the place. He wants okay. to fix it up, but it's going to just be such He didn't a, realize how expensive it was going to be. It's a beautiful building. I've been seeing yeah. pictures. It's one of the old yeah. movie palaces, right? From mm -hmm. back in the day? Yeah. Okay. It's ancient. Have you guys seen the Lyric Theater in Bisbee? Where, okay, um, for my listeners, it's where the um, Bisbee Realty um, is now. Uh, they have their little office in front, and they put a bunch of you know drywall to cover all the beautiful, but it's all still there, this old, beautiful movie palace, and, and they still have the theater in the back. I don't know if you guys have seen it back there. Still I have in the past. Old project they still have the old projectors up there. It's just collecting dust. <laughs> I know. That's it's so crazy. sad. It's crazy. <laughs> okay, so someone named John Updike? Uh, Don. Don. Don Updike. Don Updike. 
um, back the, before the days of sites like GoFundMe back in the early nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, he he owned the to... building and he was willing to renovate the building, and we had to sign a lease. And but then he had a heart attack, so it was kind of put on the mm-hmm. back burner for two years. Okay. But then when he got healthier, we went ahead with it, and it was so much fun digging out that building and getting everything ready. And we were going to be completely state of the art. Uh, it wasn't until two. Two years later, that stadium seating began, and that's where we're hurting because we do not have stadium seating. Okay, okay. Um, but what you are doing in Sierra Vista is, um, well, we don't need to name your competitor, but you're bringing in stuff that they're not. Oh yeah. They're not showing, and um, you've done the Rocky Horror Picture Show um, in the past, which got me excited. I love. I don't know, just the whole um, extravaganza. You know, if you have a good troop behind it, shouting at the screen with all the props, I'm sure it was a mess um, trying to pick that all up, but um, worth it. And you're thinking that may happen again, but it, yeah. it, it all depends on... Um... It will happen again. Okay. We just don't know who will be behind it this time. Yeah. Okay. And you you, were ta- you guys were talking about um, a movie called The Interview, right? I remember <laughs> when that came out. And what was the big controversy behind that? It made Kim Jong Il look like an idiot, okay. right? <laughs> it was a goofy. It was a satire. It was a goofy Hollywood comedy, right? Mm-hmm. But it was yeah, and named names, North Korean. Oh yeah, dictator yeah. names. Yeah. And so, um, what you guys were saying, pretty much all the all the chains pulled it. They wouldn't show it. And you were one of what did you say, three hundred independently owned places that? Well, Korea, North Korea threatened Sony not to release it. Hmm. Okay. So that was the big deal. It was yeah, the, Sony got it was hacked. A threat. But you Sony don't threaten Americans, yeah. right? And why do you think the chains were afraid to, to show it? Sony released it because you guys got a hold of it. Were they afraid like of, I don't know, like uh, attacks? Or what do you think was the... Well, nobody knew. Yeah. Nobody knew whether hmm. there'd be any problems or not. Yeah. So only 300 theaters in the whole country played it. The whole country. It. Yeah. And people came out to support it. Was it a good film? Did you guys watch it? It was goofy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't, you know, call it good, but, you know, James Franco, he's funny. Mm-hmm. They did a good job. It was funny. Yeah. Goofy. Yeah. That's one way to gain publicity. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, you, you have a b- whole bunch of uh, things written down here. So you do classic films. I wanted to ask you about that. You have Easy Rider. Um, I'm assuming the one from the 60s, right? The late 60s. With, that, um, that was The Road Back, which was the sequel to oh, to the easy, original. Oh, I see here. It says Easy Riders, The Road Back. The okay, Road what's back. that all about? I don't remember that. That was a uh, prequel that they made to the to the Easy Riders. So it was the motorcycle riders before the movie. So like when they grew up, how they became bikers, you okay. know, their family... How they started selling cocaine mm-hmm. and all that. I remember. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, at the beginning, that's how they got all the money, right? At the beginning of the original Easy Rider, um, like they just get this huge shipment from like across the border or something, and that's how they start their whole adventure. Yep. And when did that come out? I remember that. I don't remember. Okay. It was 2009, something like that. And were you guys the only theater in the area showing it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, and they also brought down um, the actors, and it was like a premiere. 
we put out. Oh a, wow, yeah. they, very cool. They mm-hmm. premiered it. They put out a red carpet. Um, we had police escort plus the local bike clubs wow. escorted. It was awesome. It was okay. very very cool. Right at the Uptown Three there. Mm-hmm. Very You've cool. always promoted anything Harley. Anything Harley. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anything Harley. Or motorcycles. Yeah. Motorcycles in general. I just I just um, interviewed the Blues Wizard and he's more of like a Yamaha, you know, like really fast uh, Japanese bike guy it's just funny that's the last interview that i did and he's he's a kind of guy who's like oh, what's the point of harley like it's just a loud you know like um but it's, it's so much about the culture and behind it right we were talking about that but yeah he likes to go really fast though he does like the motocross stuff um so you, you have a bunch of what else do i see here um okay well you do things for uh groups like the boys and girls club which is great um you do free movies uh and that's that's just over the summer. Whenever the kids are out of school. Okay. Just, just for a break, fall break, summer break. Well, that's great. Easter break, yeah. I used to do AV in up in Rochester, New York, and we did an event for the Boys and Girls Club, and I learned so much just about the intention of that group. You know, to keep kids away from, you know, out of the streets, like, or, or, well, you know, out of gangs and stuff. I mean, Rochester has a huge gang problem. I um, mean, it's give them something healthier to do. So it's great that kids can just go and see a free movie if they only got like a nickel in their pocket. Um, and and so that's I, I imagine that's part of the reason why you're offering free movies, kids movies. It's always kids movies, right? It gives yeah. the parents new releases, though. It gives yeah. them fairly new. Mm-hmm. It gives the mom and the children and the moms something to do rather than just hanging out at the house. Yeah. And with the Boys and Girls Club, they have a little. Um, thing on their little t-shirts now that say i got your back which i thought was pretty cool yeah and they protect each other that's good and what was the what what types of events do you do for the boys and girls club at the theater well we have a special um they come to the free movies and we have a special time for them and they have their own theater because they can't make it at the regular show times and we get them in there for that and if they you know anytime they want to come see something we always accommodate them very cool Mm-hmm. And the American Legion 100th anniversary, did that already happen? Yeah, that was really cool, too. Yep. We had a lot of uh, a lot of your um, veterans out there for that. What, and it was a great movie. What they did, well, after World War I, that's when the American Legion was created. Okay. So what they did was they made a movie which honored... All of the Arizona veterans of World War One. Very interesting. Okay. And it was very interesting. Great movie. We had all the American Legion people yeah. come to the show, and uh, they did a little ceremony. From all over Arizona? Yeah, mm-hmm. they did uh, like five or six statewide, and they did one of them at our theater. Very which cool. Which we were okay. very honored so you're getting more that. Southern Arizona people then? Yes. Yeah. It was very good. And what a great movie they made. Yeah? Yeah. It was Honoring a documentary type? Yes. Cool. Yep. A lot of real footage. Yeah. Very, very cool. Well, that that's a good transition into why I wanted to reach out to you guys uh, initially. Um, you're, you're going to be putting on the Bisbee 17 uh, documentary. I'm going to be sitting down with Robert Green at some point uh, in the next couple of weeks. Um, I have it written down. The premiere in Sierra Vista, and correct me if I'm wrong, is going to be 
September 14th. Is that right? Is that a Friday? <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Um, and I'm super excited about seeing it at your theater. The The Bisbee Royale did kind of like a pre-screening for Bisbee, and they did, I think, four, no, maybe six. It was just so many, um, in, in just a couple of days, packed shows. Oh, no, I think it was just two days, and um, they were doing like Q&A sessions. And, but, I mean, it, it was so packed, but half the town is in the movie. So that's that's why everybody wanted to go and see it. Um, and are you guys the only theater that will be playing it in Sierra Vista? Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, well, it's being released theatrically Correct. throughout the whole country um, in September. And, yes. Right? Okay. And mm -hmm. you're the one theater in Sierra Vista who's yes. going to be screening it. Yes, we are. Yeah. And we're very proud of that. We're very happy about that. We were very worried that we weren't going to be chosen, but we were. Good. Good, 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 good. Um, because it is about a, a local story, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, you guys are just one of our neighboring communities here. I would think that the locally owned theater should get it. Me too. Um, and it's and it's <laughs> my transition was because it, it is about uh, 1917. Um, have you guys been able to see it yet? Have We've been... heard a lot about it, okay. and we were able to. Um, we know exactly what it's going to be about. So yeah. we do understand the storyline and the plot. Yeah. It's an amazing film. It's, it's unlike um, any other documentary that I've seen. I mean, there is that trace of history and there's like the basic story that's uh, laid out by the filmmakers, but most of, um, of the details are filled in by locals. Um, and I mean, I've been in and out of Bisbee for years and even just uh, since I've been here for about five months now, I just, I recognize so many faces. And so that, you know, that was great, but, um, it really doesn't have any bias or specific lean. Uh, and if you guys know the basic story, I mean, growing up here, I'm sure you do. It was, you know, pretty much the, the big mine owners, uh, against the, everybody who wanted to side with this labor union, which was pretty radical. You know, they, they go into the fact that the Wobblies um, were like pretty radical at the time. They wanted to stop production of 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 what, you know, the copper and everything, that the mining that was helping the war effort in Bisbee. It was Bisbee was so huge around that time. And, you know, it would have been devastating to the war effort. Um, and they really go into that. So so that's not like this radical um, left leaning documentary saying the Wobblies are great. But they were persecuted, and something horrible did happen to them, so they don't shy away from that too. Yeah. You know, it's it's just an amazing, and some of the the aerial footage of of the um, of the the mine, the lavender pit, is just moving. The some of the aerial shots that they got of it. So I'm so glad you guys are are screening it. We're excited. We yeah. can't wait. Yeah. Um, do you know if Robert Green, the, the, the filmmaker, the director, is going to be coming into Sierra Vista at all? I haven't heard for sure, but I sure hope so. Okay. Well, he, he's definitely going to be back down in this area because I'm, I'm going to be interviewing him. Um, so we'll talk about that. Yeah. Um, but I made some notes here about some of the documentaries that you guys play. Um, I... I went to to the Uptown 3 to see Won't You Be My Neighbor, and I was so glad that you guys were playing that because I don't think your competitor was. They didn't. They didn't play it. Um, and that's not necessarily a controversial movie, but turns out, I, I mean, I watched the movie, um, Mr. Rogers did end up kind of being a controversial figure. 
Um, and I have some quotes here, and I think they talk about it in the movie. They show this quote um, or this clip from Fox and Friends. It's like this conservative um, um, opinion show. And they called him just like an evil, evil man and talking about how he created a, a generation of children um, where everybody's like special. And, and, you know, I've been seeing quotes like um, calling, uh, molding his audience into a bunch of self-important snowflakes, you know. And so, there, I mean, there's not a really much of a controversy be- behind the film itself. Um, and I'm so glad I saw it down here because it, it was I, a great documentary. I loved it. Yeah. And again, it wasn't, wasn't really very biased either way. Um, but you guys are showing a controversial movie right now called Death Death of a Nation, right? Which I don't think many people would argue um, is pretty far right leaning, right? And it's it's trying to make comparisons to um, between Abraham Lincoln and Donald Trump. Um, and so let's talk about that movie for a minute. Um, like that's going to... Perhaps, I don't know, do you think that that's going to scare off some people or um, kind of almost I, off people and make them not want to come to your theater? I did get a Facebook hate mail okay. saying that they've always been supportive, but they will no longer support the theater because we are playing this movie. But I personally think I have a right to play it. And yeah. if you don't want to watch it, you don't have to watch it. Yeah. And I also feel that um, there are a lot of people out there that do want to see it. So why should I not play it for the people mm-hmm. that want to see it? And also, 99% of the movies that we do play, except for locally made or artsy, mm-hmm. are dictated to us, not a choice. For instance, we were told to play Skyscraper, I asked for Mamma Mia. Because mm. I, know, I know my audience, I know what they want to see, and I try to get in what they want. And we're just told what to play. We don't get to choose. Interesting. Okay. And was there a lot of people coming to you and say, hey, screen this movie, Death of America. People need to see it. Or mm-hmm. <laughs> Death of a Nation Death of is a what nation. it's called. Mm-hmm. called. Yeah. Um, it says yeah. we can save America a second t- time. That's and the what tagline. It, what it's basically about is the division. Uh-huh. In 1860, when Abraham Lincoln was elected, the country was split. The North and the South. And it took a civil war to bring the country back together. Mm. That's the same thing they're trying to depict in this movie is when we had the election of Donald Trump, we ended up with this left-right split. Things are so divided right now. Just like it was in 1860. Hmm. So that's what they're trying to say. Abraham Lincoln saved the country the first time. Now they're leaving it up to us to save it the second time. It's about bringing the country back together. That's what this movie is about. Interesting. Okay. And it's very uh it's very cut and dry. It's not uh propaganda. It's okay. cold hard facts. Okay. Yeah. And without getting it too much into, um, you know, our own political ideologies, um, bottom line, you're showing films like that, and then you're doing Rocky Horror Picture Show. That's right. You know, which, like, was at that time, you know... Crazy. <laughs> you know, men dressing up like women, and, like, you know, there's so much support be- behind the gay movement, you know, and 
I would imagine in a, in a community like Sierra Vista, even maybe somebody getting upset that that is at your theater. Very possible. Um, we try to get along with everybody. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. And you're bringing in, I mean, you still have some stuff that I haven't mentioned here. What is Turkey in the Straw? See, that's, those are the small films that are locally made by okay. local actors, local films. One of the best ones we saw was... Um, well, you have oh, Le Learning to Drive Learning here. To drive. Learning to Drive. Yeah, that was okay. awesome. That was awesome. Produced by Rick Stevens the, the second. He mm -hmm. lives He lives here in... That's in, a local I guy. think he lives okay. in Wachuca City, and his... his uh, it was a, uh, based... He wrote it based upon his brother, who was handicapped. Yeah. And it was just great. Okay. It's very good. All these are locally made, the ones we have listed That's on great. that side. Locally made by... One of the most... One of the funnest things we shown was the Buena... Film festival, that, okay, for the Buena High School. The high school that was a blast. Yeah, we did we did the little uh, red, red carpet, carpet, you know, and they got all dressed up, and they came out with their fifteen. I think there was about fifteen shorts. Wow! And they did best actor, best producer. Oh, that's great! It was a lot of fun. It was yeah. really awesome. So, do you have an area? I mean, do you have like a PA system for events like that where people can? Is there? Do you set up a podium? We don't or? really have that. We do have a light now, which we didn't have before. But um, yeah, most people bring their own. You're listening to my interview with Jeff and Dee Foote, the owners of the Uptown 3 Theater in Sierra Vista, who will be screening uh, the Bisbee 17 documentary September 14th. Go to Uptown 3 Theater. That's T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot -E com for more information. Another one that you wrote down here, Cowboys versus Aliens. Versus Aliens. That was made in Tombstone by local actors in Tombstone. It was really? zombie. Mm -hmm. That sounds like something I'd want to watch. Mm -hmm. They're pretty That's crazy. Great. They're they're pretty fun. The, the shorts, though, the Buenas shorts, I couldn't believe the talent these kids had. It was amazing. Dead Men, the series. Oh, that was awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's local, too. Huh? All locally filmed. Very cool. Mm -hmm. And a lot, of, a lot of the actors were local. A lot of local actors. And That's actresses. Mm -hmm. well, I'm glad you, that I have this list. So, um, I mean, clearly you guys are showing, well, first of all, anything that's supporting local talent, which is great. Mm -hmm. And, you know, doc, in terms of documentaries and stuff that nobody else can, or no one, no one else is showing in the area, you know, you're not, you're not holding back. No. Is what it seems. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And because um, like, um, even the Bisbee 17, It'll be interesting to talk to the filmmaker about, and uh, now that it's been doing the the um, the circuits, at the film festivals, and everything, if people are kind of um, having having a mentality like, is there is there like a lean, to, um, you know, towards the workers and the you know the workers' rights? Um, they they talk about in the film. Some people in, in Bisbee believe, and there may be evidence of this, that it was kind of like a purge to get um, Hispanic people and Eastern Europeans out of Bisbee to try to keep a Bisbee more wasp, uh, you know, and Anglo. Um, and, I mean, they talk about these ideas in the film. I really don't think it's, it's going to be much of a co controversial film, though. No, it's um, very interesting, though. It's something everybody needs to know about this yeah, area that yeah. was, I guess, hidden from the history books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never learned about. I, I mean, I grew knew. up in, in upstate New York. I never learned about, and and you grew up here, right? And you weren't learning about that in schools. No, but it was it was a big deal. Yeah, well, I'd I, never heard of the mm -hmm. deportation. It, it was a horrible thing. Mm -hmm. Horrible. 
So Robert Deportation, Greene, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the, yeah. Well, they were sent to, to New Mexico and told mm-hmm. to never come back. And, and most dumped of them in the didn't. middle of nowhere. Yeah. Probably yeah. didn't live. I don't know how many people died. I, I know that... Well, I, I guess I don't want to give away too much. But I yeah, know you people can't. did die <laughs> um, in the documentary. You guys serve uh, beer and wine and cocktails. Mm-hmm. That's great. And I've been seeing more and more of that. Um, does it ever cause any problems? We've never had a problem. That's Not good. once, thank God. Yeah. But, You're uh, looking for wood? wood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, it was something that we did because the movie started playing and dating, which instead before um, th- three years ago, before we would um, ch- have a choice of a movie and then Cinemark would have a choice. Like they would choose three movies and we'd get to choose one because we were there <clears throat> 10 to 3. Okay. Ten, ten screens. screens. Ten screens mm-hmm. and you have three. So, and we would pick like that. And it worked well. And we were happy. And then all of a sudden, they decided, oh, anybody can play whatever they want. So, if we get a movie so for... we don't have our allocations anymore. So, like, when the Meg opened a week ago, Cinemark opened it, and we opened it. Yeah. And, unfortunately, most people go to Cinemark. I mean, they have the stadium seating, and they're newer, and they're glitzier but uh, you get very good service with us uh, you get a great picture great sound mm. and um, we added the beer wine and cocktails to and make it, on your to make it more well, comfortable cinemark's doing that now more fun too, cinemark right? doesn't have that no oh they don't no okay well let me say that again then cinemark does not sell beer alcohol. wine or okay. cocktails it <laughs> <laughs> must have been one of the other chains i've been to down here um i wanted to talk about your screens you said that you've updated the screens we've updated the projectors and the screens so you can run 3d on them we have silver screens silver screens i want to talk to you about that mm-hmm. because I, I think i told you i was a film major in in in, in my university um and i remember learning you know it was called the silver the silver screen for a reason i mean they used to use silver and then it, it kind of faded out of use it went into white um and, and because there were certain limitations uh of using silver but now that's coming back with mm-hmm. the 3d can you do you know much about the process can you talk about it i don't know enough about it i do know that the original screens we had were white and the new ones that we have put in are silver okay okay i mean because there used to be actual silver compounds mm-hmm. in the screens um i yeah. wonder i wonder what it is now i don't know but, the tech okay but you can truly say you have silver screens mm-hmm. now very cool um, and that does help with the 3D and makes it pop more for, or something? Yes, for whatever reason it is necessary to have for 3D. Oh, it's necessary. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Um, 3D is, I mean, it's all, all the time now. I mean, there seems to be always a release that's 3D. It is. Yeah. It's not as popular. It was real popular when it first started, but it's slowly kind of fading out. But they're, they're still pushing it, and I really don't understand why. But there are there is a, a handful of people that just love it. But most people don't. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think if I've seen any of the newer films in 3D. I because like 3D, so I have. And it's I fun. I think I have. It is fun. Mm-hmm. If you don't mind the glasses on your face, you know. Um, I used to go, I used to work at, um, well, I, I volunteered at the, the Dryden Theater in, in upstate New York in Rochester. That was part of the George Eastman House. Um, and they would do these classic films in 3D. And I, I guess that's what I'm mainly thinking of, which is 
I mean, I, I think I saw um, The Creature from the Black Lagoon. And believe it or not, Hitchcock released a film in 3D. I can't remember which one it was, um, but they, they screened that too. And I wanted to talk to you guys about classic films and um, particularly Fathom Events. If it's harder for the um, the locally owned places to get in with Fathom. It is. Okay. Cause, I've been trying and yeah, trying. Yeah. I mean, Fathom, they're, they're bringing so many great movies um, in partnership with Turner Classic Movies back to the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, do you do classic films and is it hard to get the distribution rights or whatever you need for them? It's getting the word out is the hardest part. Okay. That's the hard part is getting the word out. Um, we've tried in the past. Um, we haven't been able to get a big enough crowd to support mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And I'll go to the Fathom events. Sometimes I'm the only person in the exactly. old theater. Yeah. And I guess they keep doing it. Um, there's some money behind it somewhere um, for the big chains to keep doing it. But yeah, it's hard to get, get people in. Um, I've been speaking to uh, the Royale, the people at the Royale, um, about doing public domain films um, because some of the early films, well, a lot of silent films now are completely in the public domain because they're old enough. And then if you don't keep up with the copyright and all this, even newer films are in the public domain that you can screen for free. Um, I wonder how you find that out because that's something I would love to do because usually you have to pay a huge fee up front Mm -hmm. and that's what makes it hard to play. But if you don't have to, then you can see what you can bring in and offer it to people that don't normally have that opportunity. Right. Yeah, it's cool. I was thinking the Royale just because they have uh, a podium or I can put a podium up there and be mic'd pretty easily because at the Dryden Theater in in Rochester, New York, since it's part of the George Eastman house and they have a giant film archive there. It's incredible. They're housing, um, Scorsese's personal collection of films. He's a, he's a, um, film like 35 millimeter and, um, and 70 millimeter collector. And they have, I I believe his entire collection there in the, in the basement underground. Um, and they would, they would have really intelligent, um, discussions of the film as part of, the whole thing they would show a classic film and, sh- and then somebody talking about the history of the film um but i don't know someone in the area we need to do that it'd be it's something that I'm, i would love I'm to do it about. i would love to yeah i'll try to get these um databases that i'm aware of uh to you i'll i'll, I'll email them to you that would be great yeah there are certain sites out there and it is kind of tricky because i've been finding certain films on sites that aren't on other sites so I guess you have to be really careful, but... Well, know. we have bookers that we go through. And like I asked them, I wanted to play... Um, <clears throat> I wanted to play... I wanted to try doing some rock and roll. And I wanted to play like um, a concert, The Last Waltz. The Last Waltz. That was awesome. And you can you can pay for that and play it. But okay. then I also wanted to do um, ACDC and nobody knows who to pay or the copyright so it's hmm. iffy if pink you play floyd. it you don't know pink floyd you don't know if you're going to be sued or not for playing it without permission so okay. it's, you have to really investigate it because it, it is copyright laws are very <laughs> serious offense yeah well if you guys ever played pink floyd the wall i would be there every let me night tell you, you i want to it. yeah comfortably numb yeah that that movie oh man that had an effect on me growing up, for sure. That's what we want to do. We want to do like a, a Friday night a month or two Friday nights a month and throw some rock and roll out there and see if we can have some have a good time, you know? Yeah. Get some people in yeah. and have a good time. 
I love that idea. Yeah. And if anyone likes my um, public domain idea or knows more information about that, reach out at um, bisbylive at gmail.com. Um, so the, the theater opened in 93. And is it just because you love film and you just... What, what was your main motivation behind? Uh, All the film that wasn't being played. Mm-hmm. There was just okay. so much that wasn't being played in Sarah Vista because we only had the three screens and we thought, well, you know, open another theater and you could offer all of that. And mm-hmm. we did. And it was great. The movies were successful for both the R&M and us with, with each having three screens. Yeah. And um, But then when Cinemark came in December 17th of 1999, they really knocked both of us flat on our butts. Yeah. Yeah, that date memorized. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And but before that, it was just you guys and this other place, the R&M. The R&M. Mm-hmm. And we complimented each other. We took turns picking movies, and oh. we it was great. And, okay, so in 1999, the R&M was still around, mm-hmm. and then they faded away. Well, actually, um, they tried becoming a dollar house, which are a mm-hmm. discount house, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which I think at the time wasn't successful. Maybe it was too soon in 1999 um but they sold the building for a bunch of money so okay they packed it up yeah but yeah we've we've been thinking about maybe a discount house ourselves only because you just can't compete with cinemark you can't well can you do can you do both or is that just a big no-no once once you turn over there's no turning back that's why i'm Hmm. trying my hardest to stay as a first-run theater yeah but that's i just don't know how possible that's going to be very interesting. Mm-hmm. So, um, is it because I mean these these dollar theaters? So they're doing movies that were in the theaters a few months ago, and I remember it used to be part of the whole reason why it was so cheap is because when it was, things were on film, it, once you project through film long enough and it starts, it starts deteriorating a little bit, the the, the quality is not it gets that, scratches. as good. But now everything's digital, mm-hmm. but they're still doing that. I think but that's so interesting. I think the reason why is because if you've got, you know, a big family or you've got five kids and you want to go to Cinemark, you know, you're going to be pretty broke by the time you get through mm. the door. Where mm-hmm. if you go to a discount house, you can take your five kids, just like the free movies. You can splurge on some concessions. Everybody's happy. and Okay. Yeah. And the big production production company, they don't mind because they've already had their first run. And this is a little bit extra squeeze for them, I it's imagine. It's an extra squeeze for them. Um, but they don't want both at the same time. Unfortunately, yeah. I don't understand why, but that's true. No, they do not. Hmm. Okay. Well, what's coming up at the uh, at the theater? What's playing right now? Today is August. Well, I'm going to release this on Saturday. Today's August fifteenth. So what is that? The twenty. Oh God, I'm so horrible. The the eighteenth or nineteenth, whatever it is. Um, on the seventeenth, we are going to open. Um, Alpha. Alpha. It's going to be awesome. It's okay. a family movie. It's about a boy and his dog. Oh, okay. But it's set back in time. Who's releasing that? Do you Alpha is released by Sony. Okay. And we'll also be playing The Meg, which is, I believe... It looks like a Jaws type movie. It's pretty it? cool. It's pretty scary. Alpha it's... is actually a movie about man's best friend. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. In the beginning. Okay. How it all started. How it all started. Mm-hmm. It's a kind of a Man and dog. 
Oh, that's pretty neat. Yeah. So it's it's tracing the that evolution of how man for, and dog first came time so... around. That's what it's about. Okay, very cool. It's gonna be great. Yeah. And uh, we'll also still be playing uh, Death of a Nation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, is there anything coming up? I'm any expansions or any any ideas like that? Well, we're still working on the um, rock and roll, and we're still um, always going to have the free movies. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have any expansion ideas at the moment, mm-hmm. but time will tell. Yeah. How did how did the Mister Rogers documentary do? It did well. Good. It Very did good. well, and we we pushed for that too. It was hard to get these artsy movies. That's another reason that mm-hmm. I talked to our bookers about. If we were to turn into a discount house, I said, would we still be able to play the artsy movies? Because Cinemark's not going to do it. Mm. And he hem-hawed, hem-hawed, and he said, when you get closer to making a decision, we'll talk about it. So we're hoping that even though we, if we do become a discount house, we can still offer some of these artsy movies that Cinemark won't play, like Mr. Rogers, yeah. Death of a Nation. I mean, because you have the right to see it. Yeah. Either one of them, whichever one. And I, li- I like Mr. Rogers, it was great. It was. I don't know why they didn't play it. I don't know. Me either. Um, I definitely want to talk to you guys about uh, this October. I, I love Halloween. Um, I'm excited to see the Rocky Horror, and I hope that you can get a troop. Um, and again, you were telling me before we started recording, who was that group? There was a There's a local group, and everything, every, all the profit was going to charity. Mm-hmm. But they were doing the whole extravaganza, right? Mm-hmm. They were shouting at the screen and had the props and everything. Yes, and they came in dressed up. Oh, this one girl, she was awesome. She was just unbelievable how cool she looked. Hmm. She even had the contacts in her eyes. Hmm. It was great. And we're hoping they do it again. It's it's I believe it's Leonardo da Vinci. It's um uh, They're out of Bisbee. They're out of Bisbee. It <laughs> yeah. doesn't surprise me. Okay. So, yeah. but I can't remember the name for sure. Okay, but well, you're gonna do something we're this gonna, year. We're gonna we're gonna do something this year. We're hoping yeah. we're hoping to pair up with them again because they were so wonderful. Okay, and one of the probably one of the most famous movies that has fallen into um, the public domain because of copyright issues is Night of the Living Dead. I don't know if you guys knew that the classic George Romero film from I think '67, which is still it chills me to the bone watching that movie, and the social commentary behind it and everything. Um, so yeah, I want to talk to you guys. Like maybe we can get some of those films in that there. That would or whatever be really cool too. Um, my idea at the Royale, I mean, they have projector. It's not the really big. What is it called? DEP? Do I have DCP. that right? DCP. Those are the big ones that the you know the um, movie theaters have. Um, but we have projectors there that where we could play like a Blu-ray or a, a DVD. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if that's an option at, at yeah, Optum, oh, we play okay. Blu-rays yeah. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my I, and I, I've seen so many projections like that because one of my other obsessions is seeing silent films in theaters, which is even more rare, and it really takes a certain Very kind rare. of community and, and you know interest. Um, but I think I think the Royal has done this before with live accompaniment and musicians doing the whole score. It's, wow, that would be cool. So cool, but kind of gets my goat sometimes when i see like the little button that says play on the screen right you know um but yeah if we could avoid that (laughs) (laughs) kind of hard because you do have to start it but once you get it going i feel i've never been in the position where i'm in but i imagine like you can press play and then start the projection after a couple seconds Mm -hmm. to prevent that actually you're correct you just got to time it there is a way you just got to time it but, but yeah, we play a lot of Blu-rays for people like um, 
we had a group come in for their anniversary and they had their wedding pictures on Blu-ray ah, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. we'd play that for them and they'd have a little group come in and they'd watch it for their anniversary and have some drinks and have a good time or we'd have somebody that wanted to show something else personal. Rent a theater. Because anything yeah. you can play personal, you don't have to copyright. But yeah. anything else or pay, you know, for the copyright. So right. if you have anything personal you want to play, come on down. We'll play it for you. Well, let's talk. So what does it take to rent a theater? Can well, we... it depends. What we usually do is it's $100 for if you're going to be there for like an hour. And is that for one screen? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then we'll have the concessions open for you. Okay. It turns out pretty good. People really enjoy it. That's great. Mm-hmm. And it's not that expensive. Yeah. It's a way to entertain your friends. We have another elderly group that's planning on coming in for Christmas. Um, they usually pick a Christmas movie, and then they they host all of their friends to the movie with open concessions, and that's their Christmas present to them. Oh, it's really awesome. So I hopefully, love that. hopefully we'll yeah. do that again this year too. Yeah. So you said a hundred dollars to rent the space mm-hmm. uh, for how long? An hour or an hour and a half. However long you okay. can have your. Because it just seems that's how long these events typically are. If it's um, personal, you know, you're not going to have a big, long movie. So it's usually, you know, an hour. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's pretty cool. And uh, for Halloween, do you guys deck out the place? Do you get all oh, the decorations yeah, that's out? my favorite that's, holiday. It's your favorite holiday, too. I don't <laughs> often meet people whose favorite holiday is Halloween. I love it. Yeah. I have some gruesome stuff. <laughs> okay. Are you a film buff? And is that part of the reason why you wanted to be a film I'm not owner. a film buff. I like I like working and seeing people come in to see something and coming out happy and sad and with tears and with joy and however the movie hmm. however the movie's supposed to make you feel. All your emotions. It's great. Yeah. Your best movie is is going to be the movie that gives you everything. Every emotion. Okay. Like Forrest Gump. Like my Forrest favorite Gump. movie. Yeah. I've been um listening to this podcast where um they're going through uh, the AFI top 100 list and both um, it's um, I forget their names, but she, she is a critic and he's an actor and he does other things. And so they're just sitting down and pretty much um, talking like, you know, Robert, Roger Ebert and Siskel about these films, but they're like, you know, the classic films of, of American cinema. And they did the Shawshank Redemption saying like, that was the epitome of a film that can attract any audience it like you can great. be an old lady you can be a little kid you can be a teenage teenage you know like teeny bopper girl everyone loved that film love it it's and a it's a good movie it's way it's on the afi top 100 list but it's low down but if you go on imdb it's on their it's number one on their uh best movie or at least american movies list um because that's where like voters you know just the people voted so the people voted that on imdb number one movie that's awesome ever. yeah and Good so you're and you're a Forrest Gump fan, yeah. You ever get down to um, Savannah where they filmed a lot of it? No. Um, they still have, you know. I think there's plaques even like this is where Forrest Gump sat and like all these things. Um, what are some of the more recent horror movies that the theater has pulled that you thought were great? Can you think of any? Recent. Oh well, I mean '93. That was. Um, I mean, you. So you've gone through. Like, did you see Silence years of the Lambs? This year. Did yeah. you ever do that one? I, that was post-93, wasn't it? I don't remember. Yeah. But I... I can I, Google it right now, but... We played a lot of horror movies that were pretty good. Yeah. I like The um, Conjuring. The Conjuring. That mm-hmm. was very good. The one about the 
the blind the where blind you, you can't see or something. Oh, and then he kills people or something? Or? Well, they rob him because he's blind and they think they're, you know, really going to get away with something, but they don't. <laughs> okay. Okay. Very good movie. Scary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what other films have you shown recently that nobody else is showing in the area? The Mr. Rogers documentary. Mr. Rogers. Um, recently. Well, we did it. We had an all-star lineup there. Oh, you know what? We, we did all Sergeant of the Rex. Oscars. Hmm? Remember we did all of the Oscars? We did uh we did Quentin Tarantino's um something water. What was it, babe? The Shape of Water. The Shape of Water. Oh, so you're saying you, you screened all the films that ended up winning Oscars? Yeah, yeah and Cinemark yeah. didn't play any of those. We did we Cinemark did, didn't do the Shape of Water? We did nope. the we did oh, the Shape of Water. We did well. That's, it's a small audience. They play everything to make the money. The big audiences, you yeah. know. We take care of we did everybody. Billboards. Three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. I heard that was an amazing awesome. movie. I heard it's really dark, it or not good. dark, but like really intense. I've been it's very to... intense. Very uh, I have to be in a certain mindset to watch it. No, you have to see it. It's wonderful. I, okay, it's great. You're, you're getting goosebumps just talking goosebumps. about it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That was yeah. a really good one. And then all of the Oscars we played, we played I Tanya. Okay. Um, which was excellent. Yeah. Um, we played, I'm just trying to remember all of the Oscars, but we had that whole lineup all the way through February. It was great. Was it Sergeant Rex or... Uh, well, that was just a, that Lieutenant. was a good movie. It was about a d- police dog, but it wasn't, hmm. um, I think no, that was allocated. about the one that set the precedence oh, for the soldiers. Private. Private. Megan. Megan. Megan Lacey? Or? Megan Levy. Megan Levy. That was the name of the movie. Private yep. Megan Levy, hmm. and she actually awesome had movie. she had okay. her dog, who was her dog, Sergeant Rex, that Sergeant worked with Rex. her. Based on a true story or something. It like is. That? Oh, yeah, it was all okay. true. And she wanted to take him home with her, and she had to fight, and she's the one that made it possible for the soldiers to bring their dogs back with them, because they suffered just as much as the soldiers did. There's no reason to leave them back there with another handler. And what? What um, what was the period when when was it taking place? Well, the nineties, uh, Afghanistan. Okay, okay. And she like was War? she was, was injured. Mm-hmm. Her and Rex were both injured, and she came back home stateside. Rex pulled another six years <laughs> in yeah. Afghanistan, okay. working on and off. But she ended up going to Washington, and she uh, fought for him the whole six years, and finally got fought him. to get him back. It's a great movie. And so he retired and that, out, out of the military, and she got him, and he lived, what, three or four more years? Oh, good. Spoiled Beautiful Latin. story. Yeah. Beautiful story. Okay. They were honored at Yankee Stadium together. Okay. Beautiful story. So what you guys are saying is you, you got good taste. And we that's got why, good taste. Because I'll... <laughs> I thought Shape of Water was great. I've heard people say that they didn't like it. But I liked it. It, yeah. it was such a weird... It was weird. <laughs> it was a unique story, for sure. I think that, you know, it's Quentin Tarantino, so you know he's going to throw some stuff in no, there. But was, he could have um, taken... That oh, was... Um, G- Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo, yep. Guillermo that del was Toro. a takeoff from the monster of the... The creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah. 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 That was yeah. a takeoff from that. 
yeah. if he could have toned it down a little bit, I think it would have attracted a much wider audience. But he's not like that. He doesn't. He he wants to make it the way he wants to make it. Are you saying because it had kind of like a commentary, like a racial commentary? No, not From that. Could... Not that part as much as as some of the nudity. That's and the monster I... sex. Well, well <laughs> yeah. which I thought was fine, but. Which... Yeah, I didn't mind. I didn't but. mind it. But a lot of people walked out because of the nudity oh. in the beginning of the movie when she's in the bathtub. So, Oh, yeah. I mean, because we never see nudity in, exactly. in Hollywood films. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So that was kind of funny. Well, we've been talking for almost an hour, so we can wrap things up. Um, I appreciate you both coming out here and, and doing an interview for me. This is perfect. I'll, do, I'll run the whole hour on KBRP. That'll promote the event uh, Bisbee 17 coming up. Let's, let me get that date one more time. September 14th. Yep, September 14th. Yep, that's the Friday. And um, you don't know exactly how long you'll be screening it. It kind of depends on how much interest there is. Is that how it works? It does. Normally, we screen anything we open for two weeks, normally. Okay. So that, <clears throat> that'll give everybody an opportunity to come out and see it. Well, yeah. Well, Mm-hmm. Hopefully we'll see all of Bisbee out there. I hope you will. <laughs> yeah, and take the 92 route if you guys don't want to go through Sierra Vista. Right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's and, a beautiful drive. <laughs> and um, so again, how how can people get a hold of you most easily? And what's the website? One more time. www.uptown3theater with an r e dot com. Liz and I, when we first opened, we thought r e was more classic. Mm-hmm. But nobody else has an RE but us now. So So what happens when you go to ER? Is it just say invalid? Actually it usually does pop up. But you can also get other other people pilfer information and then put it on their website. Mm-hmm. So if that pops up and you go there and the information might not be correct. Or okay. they might have last week's information or something weird like that. Interesting. And we also have a Facebook account. You can like us on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And um, Facebook we always push um, through the media, uh, social media, every movie that we play, we push it so mm-hmm. people have an opportunity to see it during their stream. Yeah. And we have an ad in the Herald um, three times a week. And we also have a information phone line, which is 520-378-2858. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, guys, You're for welcome. coming Thank in. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Dee and Jeff Foote from the Uptown 3 Theater in Sierra Vista. That's uh, 4341 South Highway 92 in Sierra Vista, Uptown 3 Theater, T-H-E-A-T-R-E.com. Go to bisbeelive.com and make sure to subscribe to the podcast version on most podcast apps out there. I can be reached at bisbeelive at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.